We in. Yes, we are. We back. Yeah. What's we back, we back, up? we back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Chris and Kyle show. He's Chris. Yep. And I'm Kyle. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, we have been off for a while, but we are back now. And we are going to do a belated uh, favorite things of 2019 episode. Mm-hmm. Should we uh, tell the people uh, uh, about our hiatus? Tell them. Um, tell the people. Well, okay. So we, we just had a lot of stuff going on as far as holiday season. And uh, we were uh, a little bit like uh, we, we wanted to reformat the podcast a little bit. In we a had way. to uh, rekindle the flame of our relationship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me and Kyle had to take times to ourselves. And, uh, you and know, then just, we had to go like on a romantic getaway together. Really, yeah. really find our center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really discover, rediscover who we are. What really happened was we just individually and together. What really happened is we just both happened to like go out of town at different times and then just sat on our couches a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of that. Anyway, we're back now. And what you ca- guys can expect uh, going forward. Yeah, we're, we're going to do a little bit less uh, of the long form scattershot stuff just because it's sometimes just kind of useless to come up with random nonsense to talk about if it's not something that you have real thoughts and ideas about. Um, so we're just going to do a lot more spoiler episodes. And then when there are good topics to give a long form discussion, we're going to do that. We'll probably do one like around the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about NBA award season and stuff like that. And um, yeah. And we'll try like to that. keep up and do more guest episodes as well. Yeah. Uh, this coming 2020. Yeah. But 2020, not what we're talking about today. We're talking about 2019. The two month late 2019 <laughs> in review episode. No, you needed like all of that time so that you honestly, can appropriately review well, 2019. You well, have to honestly, give it some time. I was able to catch up on a few things that I missed and a couple made my list or one made my list. Exactly. That's what I like, did. I, so that's why I, the Oscars happened in February. Yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah. I, I like I tweeted out like the end of December, my top 10 movies and TV shows of the year. And my movie list has now changed. Mm-hmm. Two have come off and two have gone on. Okay. And sure. one of those will be in this episode. So what we're going to do is we're both going to bring our five favorite things from film and television. And we're going we're gonna to reminisce about them and we're going to talk about them and we're going to make fun of each other if we pick a bad one. Uh, are you hiding your list from yes, me? Yes, I am. You don't want me I to am. cheat? Uh, this isn't a test. How much crossover you think we're gonna have here. i think we might have like maybe two i'm gonna i'm gonna say un, over under two point if you bet the over if you set the over under at 2.5 i would take the under does that I make agree. sense okay. i agree okay. i think we should probably if we yeah although i do think i could guess what your number one is pretty confidently oh yeah i, I think that's gonna be pretty yeah. easy yeah. i think that's gonna be pretty easy but yeah we're gonna go through the top five movies tv shows from 2019 and we're gonna do honorable mentions uh as well yeah I'm really excited. Let's just fucking dive right into it. Do you it. want to do your fifth one first or my fifth? We're going to go five to one, right? Yes. That seems way yeah. more climactic. Yeah, way okay. cooler. Uh, yeah, so my number five is a pretty interesting one. Okay. And it's one. It's the one that I told you where I like. I sort of combined okay, yeah, yeah. a film and I combined a TV show. Can I guess it? Because I think I might know. Go ahead. I think it's Stranger Things and It Too. No, it's oh, not. Dang it. <laughs> nice. Uh, I I was worried that you would have guessed it. Mine's actually a little bit weirder than that. Okay. Uh, not weirder in like as far as like subject matter, but like weirder like. Okay, so my number five is a com <clears throat> a combination of the short film Hair Love. Oh, okay. And uh, an episode from Mixed Dish, and I'm co- sort of like throwing oh, in Mixed Dish. You did talk to me about this before. Yeah, I'm sort of throwing in Mixed Dish here. Uh, if Hair Love didn't exist, mi- Mixed Dish of the famed Ish t- television universe, <laughs> exactly. Blackish, Mixed Dish. There's one more, Youngish, <laughs> or something like that. There's one where one of them goes to college. I know that. Uh, Grownish. Grownish, not mm-hmm. Youngish. Grownish. Yeah. yeah wrong. You, you wrong age variant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now. Uh, if Hair Love, the short film, did not exist, um, I don't think that the episode of Mixed Dish would have hit you as well. That I Ranked would have Mixed Dish in my top five. Okay. But uh, the short film Hair Love, which won the animated short film uh, at the Oscars, at the Oscars this year, um, you watched it, right? 
I have not seen it, no. You have not seen it? Not yet. Damn. I, I was like really like pushing for you to watch it because it was written and directed by a former NFL player. NFL player, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, tw- dude, shot his shot, Babe Ruth style. He said he was going to win an Oscar like six years ago. Really? It's on Twitter, dude. He's got the receipts. That's fucking sick. It's okay. awesome. So uh, the, the person that we're referring to right now uh, is Matthew A. Cherry. Yep. Um, I'm gonna, I don't even, I've never he wasn't heard of this a, person. He wasn't an NFL player of consequence. Right. He was probably like a practice squad or cut very early in his career kind of guy. Uh, okay. So, uh, this short film hair love is, uh, basically about a father trying to do his daughter's hair for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, importantly an African American father yes. and daughter. Yes. Um, for most white people out there that have never had to deal with like black people's hair. Uh, this is something that like I learned about through an episode of mixed dish. Like mm-hmm. I didn't understand like the, the complications of like yeah. how different, um, uh, African-American people's hair are and the different th- kinds of things that you have to do and the different kinds of oppression that came with mm-hmm. them not being able to Dude, wear their still happening. Hair. They Matthew H. Cherry and, uh, one of his, I think producers on this short film, brought a high school kid with them to the Oscars mm-hmm. who was being, I think, uh, suspended from school or something like that mm-hmm. because of his hair. Yeah. Because he had dreadlocks. Exactly. And, and, and like even in really progressive college campuses, I'm pretty sure USC, uh, I, I don't, don't want to f- fucking completely speculate here, but like uh, they had uh, uh, rules stating that like you couldn't wear dreadlocks and shit like that in cornrows. Jeez. Uh, and like on a college campus, which should be like a really progressive. Yeah. But... Anyways, uh, there's a lot of um, political, socio-political mm-hmm. things that go into this kind of issue, um, and there's a lot of great things as far as representation that Hair Love uh, is able to bring to a table. And I wanted to address it because it's it's an animated short that not a lot of people are going to go out of their way. And you can see. find it for free, right? It's incredibly accessible. You can go online and f- watch it on YouTube. Yeah. That's um, awesome. All now, the shorts should be like that. Aside from all of this sociopolitical shit, I am an absolute sucker for like a father, like doing his best to try and like take care of his daughter. Dude, and like when I am at, when I am at work job, and I get a table, that's like just a dad with his kid. Oh, I'm so fucking nice to them. Oh, God. I'm like, this is the shit right here. There is just like, it, it, it fucking, it hits me like, mm-hmm. like the, the sort of like them just not like doing their best and yeah. not doing a very good job. Yeah. And this, uh, this short film is just like chock full of it. Um, it's a seven minute short and within those seven minutes I was absolutely bawling. Mm. Anything that can get, just get me uh, as emotionally engaged as that. I'm going to have it on my top five. Can you, you know? can you connect to me why you are throwing in the mixed dish episode as well? So I'm throwing in the mixed dish episode as well because it's what introduced me to it. And like it, it just thematically to fits. the short or to the idea. So about there was hair. an entire episode of mixed dish that was completely about like hair. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a lot of kind of the same things. Like you have a white father trying to take care of his, uh, mixed daughter's hair mm-hmm. and failing. Yeah. Miserably. <laughs> um, so I, I just figured it lined up and it would have been in my honorable mentions. Uh, okay. anyways, Mixed dish would have, mm-hmm. um, but hair love was just so fucking good. And the fact that you can like just the, the tears per minute yeah. <laughs> on hair that love TPM rate, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> that had to be so fucking high because by the end of that seven minutes, mm-hmm. I was just completely balling. Yeah. I loved it. Um, so yeah, that's my number five of You're trying to tell me that like written and directed by Matthew H. Harry. You're trying to tell me that the growing rate of diverse creators in Hollywood is helping you learn about people that are different from you and empathize with them. Yeah, I know. Right? God, who cares weird. about diversity, dude? <laughs> who cares about representation? Oh, that's awesome. But regardless of that, it was a fucking, uh, really emotionally connected with me. And I think that's why, uh, I'm going to put it at five. Cool. Um, my number five is the first in a string of me combining things for the sake of getting more than five things on this list. Um, I'm, ready, I'm, I'm ready for your completely whack. This isn't, this isn't the whack. This one isn't the whack one. The next one will be the wackest one. Um, this is just um, the year of Brad Pitt uh, at Astra and once upon a time in Hollywood. 
Okay. That's my number five. Those, All right. those two combined. Yeah. I think I was way higher on Ad Astra than most people. I really enjoyed Ad Astra. Yeah. I thought Brad was fucking awesome in it. Yeah. The eye acting. So much eye acting. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, but, but once upon a time in Hollywood, I loved. And it was one of those movies that the more I think about it, back to, back to it, and... The more I hear other people talk about it, the more I remember things just really fondly in scenes. Where I'm like, man, that scene was so good, and that scene. And there's just so many scenes from that movie that are so good. Mm-hmm. Brad specifically, I remember like the ranch episode or episode scene, mm-hmm. the scene at the ranch, and the end scene, so of course, the, the ending scene, of course, when he's high on that cigarette and the the Manson family shows up at the house and he goes nuts with his dog and Leo, Leo gets a flamethrower. Well, it was laced with like acid or something. Yeah. Very funny movie. Yeah. Um, there's going to be like a lot of things on here that I'm, I'm excited for your list because it's going to remind me of great movies. And mm-hmm. I completely forgot about Ad Astra and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It, it, it wouldn't have changed my. I'm not surprised you forgot Ad Astra, but I'm a little surprised you forgot Once, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Really? I mean, it's a Quentin Tarantino like movie. It was a front runner for uh, Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Parasite had a. a a surprising win in terms of mm-hmm. like odds makers and stuff like that. I enjoyed them both. I think that with time, Ad Astra is something that like I could revisit and then like it could end up becoming like something you really love. Yeah, something like it, it could slide into my top five uh, as far mm. as things that I remember from this year. I think the only thing holding Ad Astra back from something like that and from a more popular uh, run is just how slow it is. Mm. I think that's the only thing really holding him. I enjoyed the pace of it. I, I thought it was a beautiful movie. I thought Brad Pitt was awesome in it. Right. There's some really scary, the scene with the monkey in space. Oh, right. Scary. Yeah. Scary. The, mm-hmm. um, the, the pirates on the moon, very cool scene. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought this was a uh, big year for Brad Pitt. He won Best Supporting Actor for uh, his role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. The Bruce Lee scene, so good. Oh, are you are you paranoid about oh, yeah. the phone not working? So <laughs> but yeah, um, my number five is going to be the year of Brad Pitt. I dig it. Yeah, it's a solid five. I know. <laughs> I mean, he's a ten, <laughs> but we're on a scale of one to five, so you know. Right. So he's a six out of five. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. So what's your four? Moving on to my number four. I'm not sure if this is going to be a crossover or not. I don't think so, but I think you like it. True Detective season three. I did like it. True Detective season three. I did like it. A return to form for uh, for True Detective. I, that's not even on my 10 TV shows list. Really? I think I might have forgotten that it came out this mm-hmm. year. It feels so long ago. I'm, I'm looking at my list of TV shows right now and wondering if I would take something off for it. I don't think I would. But yeah. I'd have to think about it a lot came more. out at the... Uh, the first episode was released uh, January 2019. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, a return to form uh, for True Detective, as we both yeah, sort of rough season two didn't really like uh, <laughs> season two, uh, and I think it's pretty well documented on uh, the Chris and Kyle show that uh, True Detective season oh, yeah, one's did, like, one of my favorite shows uh, of all time. Mahershala um, is Mahershala as well this, as Stephen Dorff. Um, is that the partner? Yes. Yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that he's been typecast since then? He's in another it's TV a lot of, show now where he plays stuff. a cop in like yeah. a, a sort of like southern town. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they and they just brought in a lot of like really good uh, directors uh, for season three. I loved all of the performances. The writing was uh, much better this time around. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, yeah, shout out to Nick Pizzolatto. He's the creator, right? He's the creator of True Detective, and uh, he who was the hit it, hit who it was the director from three. season one that left the show. Carrie Jojo Fukunaga. Carrie Jojo Fukunaga, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's about to release uh, James Bond. Yeah. James Bond. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Now is my ridiculous one. <laughs> I'm, I'm I just, I'm ready. I just wanted an excuse for both of these movies to be on my list because I love them so much. I so, told you that you could do like a 5A and a 5B. No, it sounds like cheating. Like there's no I need podcast to, I police need, that are going to come and take you I have a personal away. rule that I need to come up with some bullshit title that fits them together. And the <sighs> bullshit title I've come up with is 
wartime adjacent stories, period pieces, <laughs> oh, wartime adjacent period pieces, Jojo Rabbit and Little Women. Okay. All right. Jojo Rabbit, Still World War II adjacent, Little Women. Little Women, Civil War adjacent. That is my bullshit categorization for including fair, fair. both of these on my list. I have Jojo Rabbit on my honorable mentions and it okay. was one of those bubble movies where I'm like, fuck, I... Yeah. Like, this might not age well. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I might... Because I really fucking It's so good, Jojo dude. Rabbit. It's so good. It, Scarlett Johansson with the rare double actress com- uh, nominee combo year. She mm-hmm. was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Jojo Rabbit and Best Actress for Marriage Story. Oh, God damn it. Marriage Story. You forgot Marriage Story? Oh, I forgot Marriage Story. Uh-oh. I'm it's not real sure. good. Oh, mm. uh, you might have to change on the fly. Get ready. Uh, no, we'll do it. <laughs> um... So, I mean, like, you could have also said the year of Scarlett Johansson and thrown Marriage Story in somehow, uh, except she's not in Little Women. But anyway, yeah, you haven't seen Little Women. It's so good, dude. Yeah. It's so fucking good. Greta Gerwig is dope. See, I think the problem with it is that there's no one involved with either cast or crew that I am a fan of. So Yeah, like, who cares about Greta Gerwig or the Pew Pew Train, Florence Pugh, yeah. or Saoirse. Saoirse. I'm going to be nominated for an Oscar every time I'm in a movie Ronin. Uh-huh. A.K.A. Young Meryl Streep. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Emma Watson. Like, who cares? Emma Watson? Good in the movie. What has she Get been out of here. In- Get out of here, internet haters. You know how I remember, remember when the trailer came out? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Emma Watson's American accent is terrible. She sounds British. Remember that? Mm-hmm. You know what that scene is? What is it? She's pretending to be British. <laughs> Fuck off, internet homies. Emma Watson is good in that movie. They're all good. They're all great, honestly. The cast is so good. Right. Um, Timothy Chalamet, like, did we know who he was two years ago? Did we the know? World, did the world know Timothy Chalamet two years ago? Um, or was it... Interstellar. So barely. So you were interested. That's a little more than two years ago, but he played young Casey Affleck, right? Yes. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. that's wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were definitely introduced to him. Like he's you, been on. You were aware a, of him. But. He's been on a nuclear rise. Yeah, it's crazy. Like yeah. how he's like, the, like a darling of of mm-hmm. Hollywood now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just you you saw it, Jojo Jojo Rabbit's so good. Yeah, so fucking good. Like I just the feet. I think of the feet, and I want to cry. Mm-hmm. I just makes me so sad. Anyway. What was that? Uh, your four? That was my four. That was your four? All right. I'm moving on to three here. Numero I'm wondering tris. if this is going to be a crossover. Okay. Uh, Ford v. Ferrari. I took Ford v. Ferrari off my top ten list. Yeah? To put Marriage Story on it. That's that's quality. I, yeah. I do not blame you for that. Yeah. I, I love me some Marriage Story. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> Ford v. Ferrari. I was completely... Like taken aback with it, like like this movie way more than we expected. Exactly, or you expected. Exactly. I was like, this movie looks like it's going to be good, and you were like, eh, yeah. Like I, <laughs> I don't know. I just sort of expected it to. I don't know what's 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 the word that I'm looking for. Be sort of like paint by numbers. Yeah, and it wasn't that mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly fun. The performances were incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Damon uh, and so Bale out here being friends. Ford versus Ferrari, uh, versus Ferrari, directed by James Mangold, uh, starring yeah boys Matt Damon, <laughs> Matt Damon and uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Don't forget young Christian Noah Bale is Ten Miles. Dude. Did you see my most like this is like my one tweet per year? Did you see my 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 tweet that I put out? Like maybe like it was right around All Star break time. Maybe right. What did you say? I said that that Aaron Gordon is the Ken Miles of dunking, meaning he. Dunks too much and then dies. It means that everybody knows that he's the best. Oh, okay. but he got cheated. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Ford versus Ferrari, uh, just a really incredible movie. The I think the one thing that probably surprised me the most was the level of humor. Yeah, very funny and movie. And the personality, like I was weeping at the end. Mm-hmm. The the levels of relationship and it's such a good friendship movie. Yeah, I it's a, it's, a, it's a, a bromance friendship. movie. It's yeah. a bromance movie. I love but it's like good high tier bromance. Bro- yeah, yeah. It's a high-tier bromance movie, and yeah, loved it. I got a little bump. There was a sort of... in. So this was also nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. 
it was it was one of those movies that got caught up in the this just seems like another uh like people were comparing it to Green Book a lot right in in like it's Oscar ism and I was like I feel like it's I don't know there's quality to it that I really think is fun and unique and it deserved to be up there you know what I mean and it's just so dissimilar to Green Book because Green Book is like sort of like touts itself as sort of a a racially aware movie yeah 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 uh, which like a lot of and, and and Green Book kind of has a lot of faults as far mm. as like everything's from like a white male perspective. That was a that like was that. a pretty weak Ford Oscar movie Ferrari. year. Yeah, when Ford Green Book Ferrari just like it doesn't have any sort of politics in it, like outside of like racing politics. Yeah, racing yeah. politics. <laughs> like there's no, there's no like real issues that it's trying yeah. to address. It's just a movie about a cool story, <clears throat> like yeah. a real a real life yeah event, a really sad one. Um, yeah, I would I would compare it more to like a movie like. Brooklyn in that case. I haven't like, seen Brooklyn. But like a Brooklyn. Ronan again. But so usually like the Oscars will have like a kind of cutesy movie that isn't very political. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that That's not trying to. That's like, also not a war address. movie. Right. There's always a war movie. Right. There's always <laughs> a war movie. But like usually like there's like smaller movies yeah. that they'll throw in there for like in the best picture uh, contention. That are just, they're not huge movies, but they're... And you know they're not going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just rec- like a recognition thing. I would say Ford vs. Ferrari is like closer to that than it is to like a green book. Yeah. Um, my three? Mm-hmm. You ready for this combo? This combo makes way more sense. The Shia Sans. Okay. Is this, this is a crossover. Honey Boy, Peanut Butter Falcon. Yep. Uh, might as well get into it because Peanut Butter Falcon's my number two. Oh hell yeah, dude! Okay. Wombo combo. Yep. Nice. Um, so you haven't seen Honey Boy, right? I have not. I think Honey Boy is maybe better than Peanut Butter Falcon. I love mm. Peanut Butter Falcon. Honey Boy is killer. I could absolutely like understand how like Honey Boy because it was directed, written by, by Shia, written by Shia, directed by somebody Alma, else. Alma Her- Alma Harrell, I think her name is. Okay. Peanut Butter Falcon is not a perfect perfect movie, but it's so lovable, dude. It's so lovable, and it just it hits home for me. Yeah, like, it yeah, just hits very all of yes, very specifically for me. Like any kind of like brotherly relationship yeah, you're with a, someone you're that a, has you're a dirty river walker. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. like you really I have to a Shia beard LaBeouf. like Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. That's how yeah. it you know relates to me. Um, but yeah, Peanut Butter Falcon is just something that's just so sweet, so wholesome, mm-hmm. and just uh, a very like, they, they don't really go out on a limb too much. It's just mm-hmm. kind of, but it's not paint by numbers. It's like still such a good fucking performance. They don't go on a limb until the very last shot of the movie. The v- and you're like, what just happened? That, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> or not last shot of the movie, but the, that sort of climactic moment. Yeah. You're like, wait, the what third, just happened? <laughs> the third act is, I think, where like a lot of things like sort of fall apart, and I think where a lot of people—I wouldn't might, say it I falls fall apart. apart. Fall apart is too harsh. Yeah, um, but where a lot of people might be disconnected with the movie, mm. they're just like, okay, that was yeah. strange. Um, that didn't bother me. Uh, the The rest of the movie is so good that I fucking yeah, I, I really I loved, loved it. I loved the Peanut Butter Falcon. It's mm-hmm. just it's one of those movies where you watch and you just fall in love with the characters mm-hmm. and. The reason I I coin it Shia Sans mm-hmm. is because of the 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 comeback story of Shia LaBeouf this year. He was in the basically the blacklist of Hollywood where people wouldn't work with him. And a movie like Peanut Butter Falcon is an example of that. Like that was that was filmed during one of his like lowest points when he was getting arrested and having a lot of troubles with drugs and alcohol and mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was still putting in a performance like that. Right. But then you watch a movie like Honey Boy, which he wrote and plays a character that is inspired by his own father. And it's about his own life. And it's just so personal and just like, it's so like heart wrenching watching that relationship. And Noah Jupe, dude, Noah Jupe is reaching Jacob Tremblay levels child actor. Let's not, let's not get into ourselves. No, dude, watch Honey Boy. He, dude, he made Honey Boy, and he's in Ford vs Ferrari, A Quiet Place. The mm-hmm. kid's a killer. He's also in Wonder, with Jacob Tremblay. Mm-hmm. The kid's a killer. Yeah. All right. 
He's really, really good in this movie. There is one of the most heartbreaking scenes in any movie I've seen this year is a scene where Noah Jupe is in a room with Shia LaBeouf playing his father and he's talking to his mother on the phone and his mother and father just hate each other. And this is from Honey Boy. This is from Honey Boy. Mm -hmm. And his mom is like, tell your dad exactly what I say and how I say it. And she starts cussing out Shia LaBeouf through her child and he's just mimicking their words to each other through the phone and it's heartbreaking and so sad and Noah Jupe is fucking murdering it Mm -hmm. oh it's so good and Shia is amazing right and like you can really tell there's a level of like therapy going on for Shia LaBeouf as a person when you see him do things especially during Oscar season he was in a lot of the actors on actors and actors roundtables kinds of things that like Variety always puts out he was in a few of those and I watched a bunch of them and he is a super weird dude but he's insanely interesting he was on an, the actors roundtable and he was so like bought into what everyone had to say and he was so open to everyone's ideas and so right. encouraging of everyone's like there was a point when Adam Sandler at that roundtable was like I can't believe I'm sitting at a table with like these types of talents and Shia LaBeouf was like fuck that like you're the fucking king like like shit like that and then he did like an actors on actors interview with Kristen Stewart mm-hmm. and there's a great comment on the YouTube video and it was like this feels like the embodiment of anxiety meeting the embodiment of depression and I love it. And it's just like this super awkward conversation. I mean, have you ever seen Christian Stewart do interviews? Yeah. She's like hardcore, like very, like she seems really uncomfortable mm-hmm. in front of a camera, super which anxious, is weird because yeah. she's a great actor. Right. But which people don't realize Christian Stewart's a really good actress. Um, <clears throat> gets a lot of hate. It's because of Twilight. Twilight but, yeah. Well, you, it's all the stupid, the faces of Christian Stewart memes, mm-hmm. but it's like, the biggest movies she's ever done, like biggest budget movies, are all very one note characters. Right. Like that in like Snow White and the Huntsman. Well that and they like usually encourage you to not have that like they don't encourage you to be Daniel Day Lewis and, 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 and have like exactly. a super method acting performance. You need to be you when need you're to be the a, main character of a temple yeah. series. You need to be a blank slate that people yeah. can project themselves onto. Yeah. 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 Um anyway, the Shia Sans something I really enjoyed this mm-hmm. year. I look I look forward to his future work. Right. Yeah. So you, uh, within the <coughs> Shia Sans, that was your number three, and you include both uh, Peanut Butter Falcon as well as Honey Boy. Mm-hmm. Peanut Butter Falcon is my number two. Do you want to expand so, on it anymore? Uh, no. I think that uh, I think that you said it uh, pretty well. Cool. Um, I would like to say uh, shout out to uh, Tyler Nielsen, Michael Swartz for directing. Yes. Uh, that uh, written by they got that movie made them cheap as well. too. And it's I like, would like isn't to, it their debut? I like to shout out. Yes, pretty, yeah, pretty much. I'm pretty sure like he like sent uh, Shia LaBeouf yeah. like a message on Instagram. Yeah, or he something did. Like that he of, did. Uh, of of Zach. Yeah, uh, he's Zach, like this Zach kid. They were like Zagan. They were like this kid is going to be a superstar. Who is like, the titular Peanut Butter Falcon? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would like to give a shout out. To hey, what's rule number of one? The cast as well. What's rule number one? Body. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Dakota Johnson, Bruce Dern, Shia LaBeouf, Thomas Hayden Church. They all fucked Thomas up. Hayden Church is good mm-hmm. as the as the retired wrestler. Mm-hmm. And Yellow Wolf as fucking yeah. Rat Boy. Weird, dude. weird Yellow Wolf showing. <laughs> John Hawks has a really good cast. That Yellow Wolf showing is similar. It reminds me of um, what's uh, Machine Gun Kelly and Bird Box. It's just like this dude is just in this movie. Right. It just weirds mm-hmm. me out. Yeah, but like if 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 you guys like Tom Sawyer or Rain Man, mm. and you want to see both of them come together, I like that combo. Uh, in one movie, go see Peanut Butter Falcon. But That's like Tom Sawyer without the racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. I don't think there's any racism in Peanut Butter Falcon aside from the fact it? that like all of them are white. There isn't really any. I don't think is there any black. The blind guy. Oh uh, yeah. Anyways, oh, there's so one. You can- Yay! <laughs> yeah, there's there's one. We don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> the Bechtel. What's the Bechtel test? But for racism, racism, you need to have at least. What's the Bechtel test? You need to have two female characters that have a scene with just them, and they don't talk about a male, and that's right. it. Yeah, and almost nothing ever passes it. Right, it's ridiculous. All right, my number two then, because Peanut Butter Falcon was your number two. Yes, uh, my number two is this year's MCU run. Spider-Man Far From Home and, and Avengers Endgame. Okay. 
I'm glad that you Endgame is fucking incredible. I figured that you were going to yeah. include Spider Man. Uh, that's why, like, I bumped no, it out no, of my no, top no. five. Endgame is better than Far From Home. Right, but they're both good. But you're yeah. still talking about yes, yes, all of them in cohesion yes. with each other. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes. Shout out, uh, Spider Man the video game too. Let's also, not, like, also this year. Let's not talk shit about Far From Home either. Because no, no, no. I love I love Far From Home. Relatively, Endgame yes is better than yeah. Far From Home, but Far From Home is a good movie. Yeah, I love Far From Home. Yeah. It's got, uh, I think the. Uh, the scene when when Peter gets hit by the train when we first experience the the Mysterio powers. Oh yeah, that's one of the best MCU scenes I can mm. can think of. That seems yeah. amazing. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal is. You're talking about with all the hallucinatory. Shit? Yes, like, and then yeah. he's he's like pushing him back, pushing him back, and then it ends when he gets hit by the train. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal is great. I like. I was so excited that Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be in an MCU movie, and yeah. I was like, what is this going to be? Mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal is one of my favorite actors in the world. Right. He's a freaking chameleon. Right. And then he was just like, I'm going to do this weird, like, egotistical asshole role, but I'm all, he's also a super charismatic pretender, and it's just so good. I love mm-hmm. it so much. Um, obviously, Tom Holland is the GOAT Spider-Man. Like, we can't. I think that's, at this point, it's over with that. Uh, far and away. He's now had four showings, he's- I think, right? Between Civil War, Endgame. no, five. Two of his own movies, Civil War, two Avengers movies. He's got five showings, and he kills it every time. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Damn. But Endgame is the real crown jewel, I think. Endgame is the culmination of, what is it, 27 movies of storytelling? Right. Over eight years or 10 years or something yeah. like that. And. To stick the landing the way they did is like, I mean, go watch Game of Thrones and see how hard it is. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And they, it's not really an ending, but it's the end of an era, it feels like, mm-hmm. because of the exit of a Chris Evans and a Robert Downey Jr. I mean, Jr. it ends the way that you would want like a, a television series yeah. to end a season. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it ends in a way that you feel like the story is wrapped up, but there's more stories to be told. Yeah. And new stories, I think, most importantly to be told. Right. Yeah. Endgame is fucking killer, man. That whole final, like, battle. Mm. Oh, my God. Get out of here, dude. <laughs> okay, so that's your numero two. Yep. All right. Uh, the MCU. Yep. For number two. My number one. I know what it is. All of 2019. Go ahead and guess. It's yeah, midsummer. I mean, it's, it's definitely midsummer. midsummer. It's midsummer. <laughs> midsummer written directed by Ari Aster. I don't even have to pull up the IMDb page. Um. Starring Florence Pugh. Pugh Pugh Train? Uh, I feel so validated. Oh, that like I was on up. top of that shit, dude. Yeah. I watched The Outlaw King, and I was like, her. She's, she's going to be a fucking superstar. Yeah. And within six months, I was You're right. You're like Masai Jiri picking out yep. fucking Pascal yep. Siakam from a crowd. <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of Florence Pugh. I think of Pascal Siakam. <laughs> 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 um... Yeah, so <laughs> Midsummer, um, written directed by Ari Aster, uh, starring Florence Pugh, Jack Rayner. My it's boy, just dude, fucking... my boy. What's his name from The Good Place? What 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 boy? Oh, I don't. I've never seen The Good Place, so I don't know who you're. The who black you're... the black friend. With... Oh, I don't know his. I don't know. He's his, got three uh... names. He's got three names. Oh, whatever. Will, William Jackson. William Jackson Harper, Harper. Uh, as well as Will Poulter. Will oh Poulter. yeah, eyebrow man. Mm-hmm. Eyebrow acting. Yeah. Shout out to Flowers. Mm -hmm. Shout out to um, uh, White Dresses. Shout out to Grassy Fields. Right. Shout out to Acid Trips. Mm. Really, really, I would say, well done, scary Acid Trips. Midsummer is everything that I want in a movie. It's everything that I want. Like, there's there's humor, incredible drama. A really fucked up sex scene. Like, incredible symbolism and, like, thematic imagery mm-hmm. and just like it's one of those movies that you can watch fucking 10 times and still not pick up everything about it like there's incredible performances cinematography the sound work the score mm-hmm. is so fucking good mm-hmm. the score is so good i listen to this score all the fucking time and there's 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 one song from the score where they play the audio of Florence Pugh weeping yeah 
Oh, on the soundtrack. I don't. I don't want to. This isn't a spoiler episode. So, so we. Can't. I spoiled some stuff earlier. It's fine. I mean, not really. Though I said that somebody died at the end of a movie. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not. I'm not going to spoil uh, Midsummer for you guys, but it's absolutely incredible. If you're into weird shit, if you like Rosemary's Baby and Wicker Man, like the original Wicker Man, like not the. If you if you if you find <clears throat> Nicolas Cage's uh, performance like ironic and wait funny, is that the bees movie? This might not be for you, but huh, what is Wicker Man? Nicolas Cage's the bees, bees, the yeah. bees. Yeah, that's yeah, but that's the the recent version of Wicker Man. If you like the original Wicker Man, uh, a lot of culty horror movies mm-hmm. uh, like that, I fucking definitely recommend Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like Hereditary, obviously, obviously Ari yeah. Aster's uh, first work. Which I was, uh, that's how uh, I was introduced to Ari Aster, um, was through Hereditary, and I fucking really loved uh, a majority of that movie, yeah. I would say. like even Until the, the third th- act? The third act, like, eh? once again, it was, it's kind of like Peanut that's, Butter Falcon. Um, where, Anya like, Taylor-Joy, it, right? It doesn't, it doesn't, yes. She's blown up. It doesn't fall apart at least not for me i could see where yeah. a lot of people think that it falls apart but it's just not as good it doesn't it doesn't keep the same pace okay um but tony collette is out there killing the game in that movie um i'll i'll frame midsummer in a way that ari aster himself or i'm thinking of hereditary describes it. um he basically tries to mimic the tragedy of a breakup and make it feel as uh, palpable and as grandiose as a real life breakup feels when you're that's uh, really interesting because that's essentially what he he wants the movie well to because be. one of the things when I so this is one of those movies where I watch it and I'm like that movie unlike you was not made for me that's mm-hmm. not the kind of stuff that I like to see in a movie I'm not yeah. that's not my type of movie right. but I also sit there and I go that was fucking good right that was a good movie it's yeah. just not up my lane yeah Florence is amazing in it mm-hmm but there is that sense at the end of the movie where I'm like, where you're like, burn it all down. And I'm like, she's a fucking psycho. Oh, yeah. But when you say that about his idea of, of wanting to capture the the like real, the, the way you feel in a breakup and how, how important it feels and how big it feels, that really makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love... <clears throat> I love it when people can take something that's like really intangible like that, like uh, something like a breakup, you know, and just trying to depict a breakup Mm -hmm. in a movie Mm -hmm. um, and trying to go one for one like that. It doesn't translate uh, to an audience as much as I think something like this would. Um, so, and he does it through the use of horror, the use of really like fucked up imagery and yeah. Acid trips. Yeah. What a year for my girl. Florence Pugh. Killing the it's game. Just, it's just become a Florence Pugh episode. That's Every episode <laughs> should be a Florence Pugh episode. She didn't get nominated for this movie. She did get nominated for Little Women. Right. Yeah. This, uh, but she could have been for this movie, honestly. Midsummer. Like, uh, when I looked at the best actress list, you could have put Florence Pugh on there for this movie, and I would have been cool with it. I fucking... I, I loved her performance yeah. in this. Um, all right. I guessed your number one. Can you guess mine? Um... Shit. I'm proud of us because we both have like female driven number ones. Do we? Yep. I like didn't Florence Pugh is the lead of your movie. I mean, I don't really care about Florence Pugh. I just care about Ari Aster. So I'm gonna there. fight you. Boom. Still a misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> I hope someone um, watches this out of context. <laughs> they just see that, they just see that sentence. <clears throat> yeah, get that drop, dude. Um Fuck! I don't know what your number Book one smart. is. Booksmart. Booksmart. Ah. Number one. My favorite movie of the year was Booksmart, directed by Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Starring Caitlin Dever and uh, Beanie Feldstein, and a slew of unknown high school age range actors that are really good. Right. Uh, except that one guy. We know that one guy's name. Uh, fuck. What's his name? Hold on. I don't want to. We know that short. one guy's name. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Skylar Gisando, Gisando, right. Gisando. Mm-hmm. I yeah, and um, Billy Lord too. Uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter. Mm-hmm. She they're like the 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 weird duo. Right. Um. Anyway, Booksmart. When we first saw Booksmart, I think we were both like, "Whoa, way better than than we thought." Really good. Booksmart is the only movie that came out in 2019 that I watched multiple times in 2019. I've seen it three times. Oh. 
Actually, that's not true. I think I saw Endgame multiple times mm. too. But uh, outside of the movie theater, I like went and sought out Booksmart multiple times, which is a lot, especially for like super recent movies. Yeah. Like, it, it takes a lot <clears throat> for me to go and like yeah. I I love Midsummer. I didn't go watch it. I I thought about going to see it a couple times. Mm-hmm. If I had more time, so like I probably would a have, big but. a big event movie like Endgame, I'll go see it multiple times because it's fucking dope on the big screen, mm-hmm. and you just want to experience that. But there's other movies that you just appreciate mm-hmm. so much that yeah, you just I have just, to go see it. Again. So something that's that hit me when I first saw it and has stayed and has been a steady driving force to me feeling connected to this movie is Caitlin Dever's character Amy and the way that I feel like I weirdly somehow a 27-year-old white dude relate to her character in this movie. And the, like, catharsis, I feel, when she goes through the end of her arc at the party, from the karaoke scene to the fight with Beanie Feldstein through that whole thing, and then through the bathrooms, and I'm just like, ah! <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm just, it, I, I love it so much. Right. I just, this movie, this is, like, the type of movie that, like, you, like, the... Type of movie for you is Midsummer. Yeah, this is the type of movie. This is for much me. more. Like, this your this is my lane. Whereas, yeah. like, we both appreciate the other exactly. movies, but like, yeah. they're not like completely. Yeah. Shout out Olivia Wilde, directorial debut, mm. feature debut. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, killing it. Mm-hmm. Man, she was like, "Hey, husband, be a teacher in this movie." And Jason Sudeikis was like, "Of course, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. I'll be a weird teacher who Ubers." He's fun. Don't forget Lisa. There's some, I love, I've, I think I said this when we did the episode on it, but I love when movies have really good comedy pairings as parents. Will Forte and Lisa Kudrow. Oh God. So that, good. That scene is so fucking when, good. When they think that they're in love with that, they're like girlfriends mm-hmm. and they're like so supportive of it. And Caitlin Dever's like, this is not what's happening. Stop this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, I love this movie. What's the what's the guy's name? The the guy that Beanie Feldstein's character Mason Gooding is the actor's name. His name is Nick in the movie. That dude that plays like the jock guy that the dumb guy that's actually smart. Oh yeah. The guy that says you'd uh, you'd be a Hufflepuff or whatever. Right. That guy's really good. Mm-hmm. Very like there's so many just like good teen perform they're they're not actual teens, but you know what I mean. Like teen performances. Mm-hmm. Very good. I love this movie so much. That's my number one. That's your number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go through our honorable mentions. Okay, a few of mine you've already you've already stated. Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Fucking loved, but I couldn't include it in my top five. It's one of those. I jumped. I jumped through hoops to. Ma- I jumped through hoops to make sure it was. Who's, there. Who knows what's going to happen with my top? Like, aside from Midsummer, I feel like everything. Maybe Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, everything could be like replaced could, with could other change. things. You know, like it, it's such a, a tight race as far as including things like Jojo Rabbit or something like uh, Knives Out. I'm surprised. Knives that, Out. Knives Out. Fucking amazing movie. Yeah. Um, fucking Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was back. one that I struggled with my top mm-hmm. ten, um, whether or not to include it. Now. We left off a lot of TV shows. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't include surprisingly it's, enough. I didn't include a single TV show, and I'm shocked because yeah. I watch a lot of TV. You watch a lot of TV, <laughs> so we should probably give a shout out. So, so something I'll that tell I you. My, I'll tell you my movie ones. Marriage okay. Story mm-hmm. is probably the biggest. Loved it. I Marriage Story is fantastic, and Adam Driver it. and Scarlett Johansson are killer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what a breakthrough for you to enjoy a Noah Baumbach movie. <laughs> I still have the same problems. Oh yeah, a lot of the same problems with Noah Baumbach, but it's just it's so it's it's so it's personal. so emotional and personal. It's so personal. Um, I, I I still loved it, yeah. but it's it's almost like Noah Baumbach has this thing where like he, the dialogue drives the movie for all mm-hmm. of his movies, and it's not like he has the dialogue of like Sorkin. Oh you know no, I mean? he's not the greatest dialogue writer potentially ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm just in saying, your opinion. In my like, opinion, yeah. In my opinion, I you know. Anyway. You know Aaron Sorkin's making a show? He is? Yeah, dude. With he's what? directing he's, it. I mean, he's made a few shows. Or he's Maybe he's, he's directing he's a show? He's directing a show. Oh, now I'm going to butcher it. Whatever. Aaron Sorkin's got a thing coming out this year. Mm-hmm. So does your boy. Alex Garland. That comes man. out soon. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's going to be a that. good year for Christopher Stott. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Um, yeah, Marriage Story, I would include Knives Out. Uh, controversial in a weird way, Frozen 2 is going to be an honorable mention for me. Didn't even get nominated 
for best animated feature. I fucking loved it. It's a did it get released too late? No, Is there or, no. Okay. It just uh, the people had problems with the plot. Plot's a little convoluted. Um, I get that. They couldn't have pushed a uh, fucking missing link out of there, dude. Delightful film. I never saw it. That's the Hugh Jackman it. with Hugh Jackman, right? Hugh Jackman, Zach, Zach Galifianakis playing Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah I never saw it. Um, that's solid. that weird animation where I see that and I'm just like, eh. It was, it's the yeah, but it's the same people it's, that made Kubo and the Two. I know, and I love Kubo. It's yeah. weird. I'll, I'll see it eventually. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Frozen, Frozen Two. I really loved it. I, it's a fucking gorgeous movie. Mm-hmm. It looks incredible, and mm-hmm. the songs. Here's the thing. The songs aren't as catchy as the first movie, uh, but I think a lot of them are better. I think that's the thing that's tricking people. Anyway, Frozen Frozen 2 would be in my honorable mentions. I love your little hill uh, for Frozen 2. I, I enjoy that. I haven't seen Listen, it. Listen, man. Well, I'm, a softie. I'm a softie. I'm a softie. All right. I have a bunch of TV shows. Okay. Uh, I'll go through mine first, and then I'll tell you if go we match for the on rest any. of your honorable yeah. mentions, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. You're going to have Mandalorian on there. Mandalorian was the one I struggled the hardest to not include in my I top five. I really enjoyed Mandalorian. Mandalorian. I think the reason that I didn't include it uh, was because there are episodes of Mandalorian that are just like there's kind a, of, there's a couple that are like eh we didn't need this yeah. like you're not advancing the story but it's still fun. it's still fun it's you still know? good but it's like it's I don't know if bottle episode is the right word bottle episode's not the it's right but word. it feels it's a it's like filler it feels like a filler episode uh-huh. in a in a 50 episode animated show or 25 episode animated show right more than one eighth of the entire show yeah which is the t- but the the six eighths yes are killer mm-hmm. uh so yeah we both really enjoyed Mandalorian also Mandalorian like uh we we weren't do we didn't do an episode when Star Wars came out I did not like the new Star Wars movie like very much at all and Mandalorian like kept me as I wear my Star Wars shirt was like Star Wars is still cool just keep watching Mandalorian it's dope mm-hmm. yeah I was I was much more fine with the, yeah. the newest Star Wars movie than I like. was so but I mean I think it says a lot that it's not on either of our lists oh yeah the, the, the ninth movie yeah you know the, the, the last the, of the this finale of, yeah. and like we both love Rey really? as a character mm-hmm. really attached to that arc and you fucking love Kylo like dude Get it. Stop. <laughs> don't do it to me. We should probably do one in retrospect. Yeah, we should. I don't. I, so I would honestly. I would want to watch it one more time, probably before we did it. Before but we did yes. it. Yes, I would agree. With we that. can. I won't go full. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go Batman vs Superman on it. Right. But I didn't. I didn't. True. I didn't love it. Um, I think it would be a good episode. Uh, so I'll. The Witcher. Yep. Witcher. Mm-hmm. Witcher's dope. Yeah. I, it was something Toss that, a coin to your Witcher. Wh- oh, Valley of Plenty. That song fucking slaps. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, Witcher was something that like, I, I love it when I can find TV shows where I'm just like, I can't wait to watch the next episode. Yeah. And it was something like, I think I watched a couple episodes and I had to go to sleep or I had mm-hmm. school and yep. I was like, fuck, I you did. Me. You did the same thing with Mandalorian because you were like mm-hmm. behind, and you when you were catching yeah. up, you were like, "I just want to catch up." <laughs> yeah, I just want to fucking watch yeah. the rest of this. Um, and it, it, I don't know. It, uh, Shout just, out to Henry Cavill, dude, yeah. killing it. Have you you have you played played the video game or nope. seen the video game at all? I've seen you play. So it here's the weird thing: sparingly. like the 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 show is based on the books, which the video game is also based on, but the show is not based on the video game. But Henry Cavill is basically doing an impression of the voice actor from the video game, mm-hmm. and it's really good. Um, yeah. Uh, did you have an issue with the nonlinear no. story the way they did it? No, I liked it, but I also knew it going into it, so I can understand like if people are watching. That's right. It for I did warn time, you, didn't I? Well, you did as well as my brother. My brother, okay, uh, t- told me about how it was. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't really have. Any problems? Yeah, me uh, with I it. thought it was cool, especially like I think it clicked in like the fourth episode, and I was like, "Oh, that's what's happening." Right, it makes sense. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, what's your next show? See if it's on here. Oh, okay. Surprising that we haven't really. So you brought it up, fleetingly. Yeah. Uh, Stranger Things season three. Yep. We neither one of us uh, brought that up. It's on my. It, it's on my on my TV list. It's not that it's like. It's weird because like I've heard of a lot of people be like season three is better than season one, and I don't disagree ah, with that. It's it's they're close. But like the thing is like 
for that year, season one of Stranger so Things, big, dude. Stran- season one of Stranger Things would have been in my top five. Yeah, you know what I mean. I feel like season one of Stranger it's Things has a bit more of a sentimentality three. to it than season three has for some reason. Right. I don't know why. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's the scale. Maybe there's just a bigger scale every season, I so it feels really enjoyed season three. Yeah, me too. I, I loved really it. enjoyed it. Um, and it's weird that like I'm very, but I'm still very flippant. And Yo, like oh, it doesn't have to be. In my Hopper's top. not dead. Confirmed. They were like, "Fuck it, we're not even gonna deal with it." Yeah, that's which I'm cool with that. I'm like, cool with not that. Even. We all knew it. <clears throat> uh, I don't have any more TV shows. All right, I'm gonna give you the ones that are on my list that you didn't mm. say. You haven't seen this one, I don't think. Succession. I think you'd really like Succession if you watched really? it. Succession. Succession on HBO is so fucking funny, but like from marketing and from pitch, you wouldn't think that. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, it's a show loosely based on a family whose name I can't remember, but they run, they ran Fox News, I think. Okay. And uh, it's based on that kind of idea of a very powerful family that runs a news corporation and the fucked up shit they get up to and their horrible relationships with each other. It's very good. Um, <clears throat> sex Education. That's my number two. Or this is the order they came out last year, I think. Uh, Sex Education, which just season two just came out, starring Asia Butterfield, Netflix show, show about a kid, Asia Butterfield, who goes to high school, is the son of a uh, sex therapist, and he uses the information he knows from his mother to do sex therapy at school, and it is ridiculous and very funny and super heartfelt, Mm -hmm. and there's a girl who I'm going to look up so I get her name right, because she deserves it. Her name is, excuse me, Emma Mackey. She looks like a young Margot Robbie, kind of. She is very good in this show. Um, His Dark Materials is my third. I liked this show so much that I read the book series, and I read all three books, so that should say enough. Barry. Watch Barry, dude. God, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bill Hader's 30-minute HBO comedy where he plays a former uh, military man turned reluctant assassin turned aspiring actor. God, it's so good, dude. Oh, five. I'm, there's a lot of HBO shows. Watchmen. Once, one and done. They're not making any more seasons. Really? Damon so Lindelof was like, nope, that's, that's my story. I told it. Fucking great. Okay. Fucking great. Yaya Abdul-Mateen. That's my personal mm. standout. I think he's great in it. Uh, fucking side note. Did you see the, the trailer for Candyman? That's coming I have out. not watched the trailer yet, no, but Yaya is in that. I, I'm not sure how familiar he's, he's you are. He's up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are. I know it's one of those things where you say the name three times and Candyman mm-hmm. shows up. It's like one of those Looks things. Fun. Like Bloody Mary or whatever. Looks fun. Is it a remake or is it like a continuation? I, I'm not sure about that, okay. to be honest. But like, um, it seems really interesting. Like Yaya plays like a like an artist. Oh. And there's a lot of like interesting cinematography and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Produced by Jordan Peele, not... Produced and, dude, this is probably the most important thing that should get you fucking hype, written by Jordan Peele. Oh, he wrote it. Okay, cool. Because I knew he wasn't directing it. Yeah. So I was like, I don't like when they stamp a producer in the trailer. And no. They're like, from the person who brought you Get Out Here's and the Us. Thing. Here's the thing. I saw the trailer, right? And it was like produced by Jordan Peele. And I was like, okay, that's It's whatever. Fine. Yeah. That's fine. But then like, I went on IMDb and it said written by Jordan okay. Peele. I was like, motherfucker, put that in the trailer. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll say about Watchmen I think it's episode four, maybe one of the best episodes of a TV show I've ever seen. Really? Ever in my life. Mm. It's fucking fantastic. Um, I've got Stranger Things. The Dragon Prince killer animated series on Netflix. Season three was dope as hell. Uh, Check that show out. The Boys, the Amazon show that was marketed, in my opinion, horribly. Mm. That was the one where when you saw the trailer, you're like, oh, they made a raunchy superhero show. Right. That's not what that show is. That show is like a political discourse on the dangers of organized religion and capitalism. Mm. It's super fucking interesting. Right. Um, Mandalorian. And then when I made this list, I struggled super hard whether to put Witcher or this entry. And I put this entry. And it's because I cheated. I made a three-piece combo (laughs) of the NBC comedies, uh, The Good Place, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Superstore. Okay. Which I really love. The Good Place just ended it's like a goat tier four season run of of network uh, comedy television. It's so amazing. Brooklyn Nine Nine is one of my favorite shows. They're just and then Superstore is like in that run of shows. It's remember when we were young in like high school and NBC had Thursday nights where they had Thirty Rock, 
community, the office and parks and rec on one right. night. This almost reaches that tier of like these three yeah. shows being on back to back to back. It's, yeah, it's it's tough to challenge. Though. Yeah, it's that's like an all time run mm-hmm. of those four. But mm-hmm. that's all my. There's probably more, but you want to go back through our our top five? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's, so let's, my let's, number give five give was a combination of the short film Hair Love, uh, as well as uh, throwing in Mixedish mm-hmm. in that conversation. My number four was True Detective season three. My number three, Ford. Versus her Ferrari. Ferrari? I dude, I say it every <laughs> single time and I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> uh number two, Peanut Butter Falcon. Number one, my absolute favorite thing from twenty nineteen, Midsummer. Midsummer. All right, my number five was the year of Brad Pitt at Astro and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which I feel a little bad about that because that like undersells Leo's importance, but you know, whatever. That movie's dope. Um, number four was my bullshit. How did I frame it? What did I say? Wartime adjacent period pieces. Yeah. Good work. <laughs> Jojo Good work. Rabbit and Marriage Store or Little Women. Sorry. And then number three was the Shia Sans, Honey Boy and the Peanut Butter Falcon. Number two was the year in the MCU, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home and Avengers Endgame. Four out of five. I did combos. I'm such a cheater. Number one, Booksmart. Nice. We did it. The 2019 year in review. I feel a little bad that neither of us have Parasite. I mean, it's he could won an Oscar. It's got plenty of. I uh, guess it like it like, but it was like a shocker that it realize, won the Oscar. You have to realize that it won the Oscar because of the passion that people have for it, and that like <clears throat> caught flame right at the right time. But you have to realize that this <clears throat> is a, a a this is this this podcast is sacred ground, right? Right. I, 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 you have to earn it <laughs> You have to, to be on this show, you know? So we're not just going to throw around, you know, stuff like, oh, yeah, we love Parasite. Parasite, honorable no. mention. No. You got to earn it, Parasite. To get I think I show. watched more foreign language films this year than I have ever. Really? I can, so think, like two. Of, I can think of two. <laughs> hey, growth is growth, man. D- true. I watched The Parasite. The par- I watched Parasite and I watched The Farewell. Mm, nice. Yep. I didn't see Farewell. It's good. It's a good yeah. movie. So, yeah, to quote Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. don't chase perfection, chase progress. Hey, That's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm trying my best. Maybe next year. I, do, I do plan on seeing, I couldn't, I mean, I probably, we live in LA, I probably could have seen it somewhere, but I was waiting for a wide release to see um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is supposed to be a super dope movie, mm. uh, but it came out last year, right. but I haven't seen it yet. Um, so we're going to do Onward next week. We're gonna do. We're gonna talk about the upcoming Pixar mm-hmm. animated feature, starring Chris Pratt and that boy Tom Holland, right? And Julia Louis Dreyfus also shout out. Onward, yeah, I'm excited. We dude. will be marching on. Word, word. <laughs> this is a very like weird fantasy setting, modern fantasy setting, Pixar mash. I mean, sign me up. Yeah, sign me <laughs> up, baby. Come on. I'm very excited. Um, I expect to cry. If I don't cry, I will say it's a bad movie. All right. That's my that's my my line for every Pixar film. If I don't cry, it's bad. I don't know. I don't actually mean that. I mean, I don't think I cried a Good Dinosaur. I might have. I haven't seen Good Dinosaur. I might have. Underrated. That's also man. one of those it like. Slept on. Well, it came out the same year as another Pixar movie that I can't remember, but it was like, was it Toy Story 3? It might have been. I think it was Toy Story 3. So it's just like, yeah. And it had a lot of like production problems, I'm pretty sure. Like there was a lot of issues with the making of that movie. Mm, Interesting. Anyway, hey, we hit an hour. Look at that. We did. Almost on point. Mm -hmm. Um, We will be back next week with an episode on Onward. Um, This has been cool to remember the past year. We're excited to be back. Um, We don't have a poll idea. We didn't, I just thought of that. Yeah, we're just getting who, back into yeah, it. Yeah, who cares? Fuck it. Throwing shit together. If you want us to do an episode on something, like tweet us or something. I, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> um, let me see if I can remember this part. Uh, find Chris. ChrisMichaelStott.com. You can read his scripts there. ChrisMichaelStott on Instagram. I am Davinwell25 on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, just a side note. I might be uh, posting one of my latest shorts uh, that I wrote. I wrote it for a class. Yeah. Uh, so it was like a 10-page script coming of age uh, <laughs> uh, like short film. For those who aren't listening, I just leaned in really far <laughs> on the table. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it, it, I I really enjoyed it. I think that it's like probably How come you one of showed it to me, man. I I could tell the people right now whether or not they should read it, <laughs> but I can't give you Sorry. my seal of approval. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but yeah, that will probably, I'm going to try and post it on my website uh, within this coming week. Give me a title. Uh, play havoc is what it's called. Play Play havoc. Havoc. Yeah. Cool. Um, find the show TCAX pod on Twitter, I think. And then it's just TCAX, the Chris and Kyle show on Facebook, on Instagram, on the YouTubes, on all the Spotify's and Apple podcasts and stuff like that do do reviews and rates and the the likes those things are supposed the to ups, help the downs those things are supposed to help with these things mm-hmm. podcasts and the like you know what i mean right so whatever um cool we we back and we out we out stay weird <laughs>